Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business sustainability. And our guest this week, well, imagine you've just gone through the worst wildfire in community history. More than 300 homes were destroyed. How would that affect you? How would that affect your family? How would that affect your community? But what if it were also a stepping stone, one of many, that helped you start a brand new business that's community-centric that is still going today? Well, let's find out on this week's Small Business Celebration. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Justin Powers, the owner and founder of the Kernville Cowork. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's an honor to be talking with you. And for visioners who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? Uh, my name is Justin Powers. I'm the founder of Kernville Cowork. Uh, we've got a small working space here where uh, if you want to come in stay and work and play in the same place. We've got private offices, we've got desks, we've got coffee and Wi-Fi, and we have a community here where you can uh, work together and learn with other people. Your seventh generation. Seventh generation uh, living here in the Kern River Valley. Wow, that's, you, you were like, you, your family was like one of the very, very first people who immigrated to the, to the, to the valley. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to, uh, you can trace, um, you know, from my parents, grandparents, etc., up to the very first white woman on the South Fork of the Kern River. Really? Wow. And your grandfather has a mountain named after him? Yeah, that was something um, that was, uh, <laughs> was pretty interesting. Yeah, he was a, a historian and he helped to capture a lot of the local stories and they decided to name a mountain after him. So we are currently sitting under, it would be over here if you could see through the wall. We're right. currently sitting at the base of Powers Peak, which is really neat. And where are we exactly? Kernville Cowork is in the town of Kernville, okay. uh, which is situated uh, right in the heart of the Kern River Valley. Okay. We have the Kern River coming right by us here. Uh -huh. We've got Lake Zabella, that's amazing. Right. We've got the mountains, uh, we've got whitewater, mountain biking. It's a really special place in East Kern County that just has so much to offer. It's like an outdoor playground. And this is a place that if you're a business owner, you can bring your laptop, you can bring your portable office so that, you know, if you want to go through and fish and hike and mm -hmm. in whitewater and still get your emails and do some business, you can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be uh, if you wanted to enjoy something like this area, if you wanted to be able to go out and enjoy the whitewater or the mountain biking, it used to be that you could only spend two or three days doing that. Right. But now, if there's a place you can work out of, maybe you can spend 10 days, maybe you can spend 20 days. Nice. And maybe eventually you look around and you say, well, why am I driving back to my sardine can? Why right. not live here, work here, play here, spend my money here? Right. But still get my paycheck from Los Angeles, Silicon Valley, San Francisco. Right. Now, you were born and raised here, were you not? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, born outside of the valley, but my family moved back uh, when I was about two. So as far as I can remember, I've always been here. Why did you leave? You, you left here at some point and you went to Sacramento? Yeah, I knew that at the time, right. it really felt like if you wanted to live here and, and play here, you kind of had to work at the high school or mm. at the forest service or the hospital. Right. There was a few jobs, but... I had this idea that I wanted to do something in technology, something in computers, mm -hmm. and 
So I looked around a lot of different places. We ended up uh, in Sacramento. I got an associate's degree up there and started a career and got into web development and some other things. Uh, I got a really great remote job that kind of gave me some flexibility. And so that's, uh, that kind of led to me coming back here. And when you took your remote job and you came back to Kernville, you decided that having the remote job was, was not everything it was cracked up to be. And you started off with your first business. I tend to think of this as being my first real business, but when I was living up in Sacramento, I was still coming down on the weekends because what okay. you could do here is uh, we've got an amazing river here and I could come back and work as a whitewater raft guide on the On weekends, the Kern River, right. On the Kern River. So I would come back on the weekends and guide. And we actually, at the time, the owner of Sierra South, which is the whitewater company over here, mm-hmm. having some issues with his with his photo system where they were taking pictures of customers and selling them uh, to their um, to the customers. He had an issue with the system, it broke. He asked me if I could fix it. I said no. <laughs> okay. He asked me if I could build him a new one and I said I don't know. Okay. And so I, I, I bought one of the books uh, here on the, the bookshelf and I went home and I, I learned how to do it and I built him a brand new photo system. And then I thought that I was a big shot and I could start a business out of this. So I started trying to sell it to other companies. And right. that was kind of my first, uh, first start taste of a business. How well did it do? It didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> I had okay. no idea all the things that went into business, especially, sure. especially around sales. Because, right. you know, you kind of have, this is really easy to do. You kind of have this idea that if you build it, they'll come. Right. And I uh, had a brilliant MVP and, and we made money on it, actually. Right. I, I, uh, was able to sell it to the local business, but uh, in terms of getting it across the U.S. and all the whitewater, uh, you know, areas across the U.S., that never really happened. So you discovered that growing a business was was a lot more difficult than mm. it was on paper. But how did this start? Because you know this this didn't come out of a vacuum. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, we were living in Sacramento, right. and I got had this remote job. All my coworkers are, are working around the country. I could live anywhere I wanted. So we right. looked high and low. We looked at a lot of different states, and I couldn't think of anywhere I would rather live and raise my kids than here in this mm. amazing outdoor playground. Right. I'm sitting there one day in my home office, and I'm looking out at the amazing playground we have around us, and I'm thinking, man, wouldn't it be amazing if more people had access to this? Right. I was having conversations with some friends in Bakersfield, and I had a friend in Bakersfield say, hey, Justin, we're going to create a co-working space. So what's a co-working space? And I watched what they were doing, and I learned more about it, and I started thinking about all the change I wanted to see in the Valley. I wanted more people to have access to this. Mm. I wanted to talk to, you know, have a place for the seniors that are coming out of high school and the middle schoolers and show them that you don't have to live where you work anymore. Now you can work where you want to live. Mm. And they can have these amazing jobs in these high demand careers, regardless of their background and regardless of where they came from. And I'm thinking about all the changes I want to see happen. And I couldn't think of a better vehicle for that kind of change than creating a co-working space like this. Mm. I wasn't sure if people were going to be that interested in it. Mm-hmm. I had a theory. Right. And so what I did is I created a meetup on meetup.com. I don't know if many people use that anymore. <laughs> right. And I said, hey, let's work together at the coffee shop. 
Right. And we started this meetup and I put it out there and did it every, every week for a few months and people started showing up. I found out that there was people around here that actually wanted to work together, that actually wanted that connection. Right. With people they're working with who weren't working for the same employer, weren't doing the same type of work. But they wanted a community. They wanted a community, they wanted right. a connection. Right. Yeah, so we had, we had been testing this out. It seemed like it would work. Mm -hmm. I said, well, let's, let's give it a shot. And we rented a building. I went down and bought a bunch of Ikea furniture and filled it up. Right. And uh, we started doing it. And it was a lot of fun. And it was amazing to see the uh, support that we got from around the, um, the community, from the different uh, community members, different community organizations. What I wasn't expecting was how much interest we would be getting from outside of the Kern River Valley. Mm. How much Kern Economic Development Corporation has been a fantastic you know, supporter of us since before I even knew who they were. Right. Small Business Development Center, the county, our county supervisors have been amazing partners. You know, just uh, a month ago, they, it was an honor that they presented me with this proclamation recognizing International Coworking Day right. in Kern County, which is uh, just nothing I, I could have even imagined five years ago. It's been pretty great. And you've also been getting attention of some of the original founders of co-working spaces internationally. This has been one of the things that has been really incredible is that we've been able to work very closely with uh, co-working operators uh, and some of the original co-working founders. Mm. Founder of the very first co-working space in New York has uh, been a longtime collaborator. Uh, he just sent me a book that's sitting over there that he just wrote. Right. I want to say it's probably the first uh, modern co-working space in North America hmm. uh, back in 2004. All of these people and, and kind of the co-working community at large, we're seeing a lot of excitement about what we're doing here because for the longest time, co-working has been largely relegated to the big cities. Right. But co-working can have a totally different impact in rural areas. It's not just about people that need office space and people that need uh, you know, a phone booth and meeting rooms. Right. Now it's about creating an economic hub in the middle of, the, of town where we can help the communities to thrive. And it's a totally different model, but it's still based around the same origins of community that the original co-working movement started with. And if visionaries, fellow business owners, want to come up to the playground, nature's playground, mm -hmm. How do, they, how do they find this place? How do they get in touch with you and, and, and experience this really neat place? Absolutely. So we're online, kernvillecowork.com. Uh -huh. You can buy a day pass. You can sign up for the membership. You can sign up for a dedicated desk or any of the other, uh, anything else that we offer. And you can just drop on in. Or you can uh, email me, uh, justin at kernvillecowork.com. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn and Facebook and all those fun places. And you can come in for a single day pass. We have day packs and five packs because what we find is we get a lot of people that are lengthening their vacations. So people that want to, rather than just come up here for two or three days, maybe they want to stay the whole week and right. make it a little bit easier. Right. But what we love is for those to turn into full-time memberships and, and be able to be part of this community on an ongoing basis. When we come back, we're going to talk about community and getting them through the door. Yes, it's one thing to build it online. It's a wonderful thing. It's another thing to get them through the door and being paying patrons. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify. And we'll talk more about getting that community through your door when we come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching. 
but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clareau Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClareauTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clareau Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Justin Power, who's the founder and owner of Kernville Cowork. And our visitor question comes from Danielle, who asks, everyone talks about building community as the key to growing a business, but getting community through the door is something else. What have you done that works? Wow. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, we always save the easy questions from the beginning. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know what? It's I've seen it happen over and over again where there's this sense of if you build it, it will come. Right. And that can work for some things. It does not work for community. Mm. You don't build a building, you don't build a business, and then community just happens. Right. A couple of things that we're very intentional about is one is events hmm. because what kind of events? we try to do a little bit of a variety so we try and do some social events we try to do some trainings we try to do uh, we have a really great 10-week entrepreneurship accelerator program called okay. co-starters we've been partnering with the current initiative for talent and entrepreneurship on that one kite yeah uh, kite yes. kite has fantastic to work with and we we try to mix it up. We have an entrepreneurship meetup every every couple of weeks where the entrepreneurs get together and they help support each other. They help, you know, they ask each other questions. They kind of help figure out some of the issues that their uh, their own businesses are are having to deal with. And for us, that's been incredible in building community because mm -hmm. even if if you come in the door and right. you're a part of the space, we can we can connect a lot when we're working together, but we can connect so much more when you aren't focused on getting your work done and right. we're just focused on each other and how we can help each other. Nice. But a lot of it is coming up with very intentional ways for not you serving your customer, but your customer serving your customer. Oh. So if your customers can connect with each other, if they can help solve each other's problems, then that's what community is. It's not you your connection with the customer, it's customers' connections with each other. And so when you do that, this is the place they want to meet at yeah. when they do that. Yeah, yeah. And you create a place where that's what they associate Kernville Cowork with, nice. is this is where I can connect with other people, and this is where I can learn things, this is where I can create business arrangements, get to network and meet other people. It's so much more than just coming here because we have the best Wi-Fi in the Valley. Right. It helps. It does help. <laughs> sure. and, and, different, and our different customers come for different reasons. And our customers that just need the Wi-Fi, they're fantastic. And right. The ones that come here because they're looking for connection, they offer something really special too. One of the things that you mentioned in the last segment is, is in essence, getting your ducks in a row. The business that you have now is very different than when it first started. Mm -hmm. And what was that first winter like? Because you started this in the summer. But what was the first winter like here at, the, here at Kernville Cowork? Some of this comes back to kind of the, the nature and the character of Kernville is Kernville is so alive in the summer because right. we have some of the best whitewater in the world. Right. And we have people come from all over the world to enjoy the whitewater. And so there's energy and there's people coming in, whether they're locals or whether they're coming in from out of town. 
And I was aware of that. Right. But then um, that at the actual experience of coming into winter and actually seeing it at times, it kind of felt like somebody just turned the spigot off. <laughs> and it's like, what happened? You know, the now energy what? in the town drops down. Some of the people that are, I didn't realize were going to be here for the summer, but they were, and they and they went, you know, on their way. And it, it's an empty feeling to come into a business that you built for community, and and the first time you walk in and there's nobody there, oh, no. uh, can be can be hard. Um, and so this was something that we just started to have to kind of be a lot more intentional about, not just focusing on one kind of customer and not just focusing on our customers right now, mm -hmm. but how do we think about what it's going to look like coming out of summer, going into winter and, and, and all that. What is the process now in order to get that community in the winter? A lot of it comes around, uh, comes with events. What we found, uh, and this was a surprise to me, was that it doesn't matter how good our marketing is, it doesn't matter how much we're getting our word out there, mm -hmm. the best way we can get members is to have them actually walk in the door. And the best way to get them to walk in the door is if you're having an event or some sort of programming that they're interested in, that they want to get that value. Right. And then they walk in and they look around and they realize, oh, this is uh, totally different than what I thought it was. Right. I could see myself here. I would love to work here. I right. love the you know the music and the vibe and there's people and and we're all going out to lunch together and it's just really uh, you know they fall in love with that atmosphere and so a lot of it as we're the summer starting to slow down we have to be a lot more intentional about picking up with uh, with doing events and programming and getting people to come through the door and, and be a part of the co-working space that way. You mentioned the spigot turns off in the winter. Mm -hmm. People come up here for all the white water rafting, and when there's snow, they go ski. Yeah. But when that first winter hit, and you have a community-based business, and you're very much a community-minded person, how'd that make you feel when there wasn't anybody here? Uh, you know, it's it it feels empty because. Mm -hmm. We, we built a space, I built a space because I wanted it to be full. Right. And when the space is full, I feel full. Right. Um, when the space is empty, it, it's, uh, you feel empty and it's, it's very distressing and you, um, and you start to, you know, kind of, you start to kind of imagine in your mind what's gonna, you know, is it ever gonna end? You know, how long is this gonna happen? Um, and we, you know, Usually, we have to be very intentional about about finding ways of, of fixing that, about bringing people in the door and, and stuff like that. But right. um, because you it's, get because you get fulfillment out of that too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even even as we're recording this, you have a, a customer that's working here. Yeah. And I can already tell that you're a different person now because there's somebody here. Yeah. Yeah, the more people that are here, and you know, if you came in here during the summer, we've we've got all of our desks full. I'm putting people in couches. I'm sticking them in the meeting rooms, right. and they love it. Uh, even though it's a, it could get a little bit cramped sometimes, right. uh, but for me, that's because it's not a. For me, it was never about selling Wi-Fi. It was about building a community, and um, when you have those different seasons. And I'm not just talking about the you know winter or about uh, natural seasons, but when you have the seasons of 
of growth and you have the seasons of you know slowing down it's uh you you feel it it's it's close it's personal the erskine fire that came through here a few years ago was devastating mm. to a lot of people up here what was your role in that and and how did that lead to to where we are here today yeah the uh the erskine fire came through in 2016 yeah. and um i and how big was that fire it it was the biggest that Kern County's ever seen in terms of damage, wow. uh, in terms of destruction. It it destroyed 300 homes. Wow! Uh, it happened incredibly fast. The winds that were moving that fire uh, were just um, insane. I was out of town when it happened, and I got a call from the uh, the Kern County's reverse 911 system, Ready Kern, mm -hmm. uh, advising me to evacuate, which I was way out of town. I couldn't evacuate right. it anyways, and. I didn't know for 48 hours if I even, oh, it was probably close to 72 hours, I didn't know if I still had a house. Wow. Um, so we, uh, we came home. I, I couldn't go to my house because that whole area was closed off and they were still fighting the fire. Right. I went to our local church and I, I grabbed some gloves and shovels and I was ready to help out. And they said, um, we've got some people that need to be contacted. Uh, we need to like build a spreadsheet. Can you, can you do that? I'm like, okay, well, I guess I've been typecast. Sure, right. And um, long story short, we ended up creating a, a call center for connecting people that were in need with people that had uh, something to offer right. and managing all the donations. And one thing led to another and I, I became the chair of an organization that was working on the long-term recovery after the Erskine fire. Right. And, and why was that important to create in the first place? Most of us had no idea that there's different phases in, in disaster. Mm. There's the response phase right. where the firefighters come in and that's where Red Cross comes in and they set up the, uh, the shelters and they get everybody beds for the night and right. they get them food. And then there's this phase where they're trying to just get, make sure people are fed, make sure people have a, a, a place to stay for, for a number of weeks or right. maybe months maybe. But then you start getting into the long-term recovery and those aren't the same organizations. The people right. that come in that can give you a bed for the night are not gonna be the ones that are, are rebuilding the community. Oh. And we were um, all surprised when all those organizations left because that was their part was done. Right. And we said, okay, well, who's gonna help us rebuild? And we just didn't know who to, who to reach out to. That was a big learning experience. For one, we had to, uh, because of the nature of the incident, and because of the, um, because it was not a federally um, declared disaster, we had to, as a community, reach out to some of these organizations that could do the long-term recovery. Mm. We had to do a lot of the work ourselves. We had to figure out how to recover ourselves while we were still trying to like just keep it together, you know, mentally and emotionally. Right. And and there's a lot that we could have done a lot better with that. And there's a lot that. Um, that in hindsight, if I was to do it again, I think maybe we could be more effective. But I think it was that sense of you can't just sit around and expect this change to come to you. You can't expect that for this assistance to come to you. You have to go out and you have to seek it and you have to bring it in. You have to partner with these mm -hmm. different organizations and bring them in. Right. Because if you don't, they're not gonna know that you have the need. They're not gonna be able to, uh, you know, to help you out. And I think it was, that was probably where things started to change in this kind of uh, the outlook of the way I see it. Uh, I see things now is that 
we're creating this co-working space as a way to connect with these organizations and bring them in and have them uh, help them to make an impact in our community rather than just kind of sitting there and waiting for, waiting for change to happen. And it's that realization that if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's what led to this, Kernville Cobert. You know, I think it was in a way. Um, it, it's something that it, it, it took me a very long time to kind of put two and two together. Mm -hmm. But um, the sense that if there's a change I want to see, we have to be the ones to go out. Even if we're not doing the work ourselves, we have to be the ones to reach out and, and bring these resources in. Um, yeah, I don't see, I don't see that I, I would have been here doing this if it wasn't for that experience, uh, you know, living through the Erskine fire and, and the recovery after that. And we'll be right back. The reason we're talking with Justin Powers, the founder and owner of Kernville Cowork, is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that wanted to find out, yeah, it's one thing to build community, but it's another to get them through the door. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. Who knows, your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Justin Powers, the founder and owner of Kernville Cowork, and our visionary question comes from Pam who asks, we have a membership-based business and membership retention is a big issue. What has worked for you? For one thing, you do have to be ready for the fact that there is going to be churn. Right. And you have to and just that accept that. churn is where, it's turnover. Is what exactly, yeah. So churn is where sometimes uh, some of these members that you just assume you're going to have forever. Right. Uh, life doesn't work that way. Sure. And, um, and they've got their own situations. And so you do have to be gaining members faster than you're losing them. That's right. the way the, the formula works. Right. Part of membership is that you're not necessarily just selling your product or service mm. you're selling yourself you're selling mm. your, your your customer has to buy into your business and you and what you're doing um, and that's what's going to keep them around when finances get tight or maybe they they don't really maybe don't need your service in the same way they used to right part of what happens is we'll see um, we'll have people come in that just think that they need Wi-Fi right. and they're just going to need it for a few weeks or they're just going to need a desk space for this amount of time. Right. And if that was all we were offering, at the end of that time, they would cancel the membership and they would move on. Right. But they come in expecting to just have a desk and they start having this great conversation with uh, you know, the person at, on, at the next desk over about hey, I've got this problem, and, and they, they start finding solutions. They start, uh, you know, we, we go out to lunch with them, and, and we get to know who they are. We get to know what they're excited about about the area and, and give them tips and tricks. Sure. And now all of a sudden, they're not getting a membership because they need a place to work. Mm. They're getting a membership because they, they feel like they're part of this community. They feel like it's part of, uh, of what we're building. Right. And the more that you can build that connection, right? then it becomes not even a question of, should I still continue my membership? It's how I have to do everything I can to continue this membership. Right. We had um, 
during COVID, we had pe we actually had people continuing their memberships even though they weren't coming in right. when the shutdown first happened because they weren't paying for the desk space. They were paying to be a part of this amazing thing that we had created and, and to keep that connection. So that's, that's what I would say. One of the things I imagine has happened on more than one occasion, because you get a lot of business owners that come into the co-work here, and what's one piece of advice that you have given these business owners over and over and over again that they don't listen to? <laughs> um, you know, I, I give a lot of advice, but the other thing I do is I, I, I try to counteract some of the, the negativity and, and cynicism that uh, sometimes happens. So I can be an eternal optimist right. in a lot of ways. Sometimes we, you have the very typical entrepreneur who has their day job and they're working on this thing and they're trying to get it done. And they say, I think I'm ready to quit my day job. And I want to be, I'm excited for them. I'm excited about their product. I'm excited about what they're doing. And they say, you know, I think you need to get a little bit further. You need to, you need <laughs> no, to get more No, 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 but I'm ready now. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes they make that jump. And it's so exciting. And I, I, I love that moment of saying that I believe in this so much, I'm going to take the leap. Right. But it's very terrifying, especially uh, especially as one of their cheerleaders when I say, N maybe wait a little bit longer, and then they come in and they say, hey, guess what? And it's time to celebrate. Uh, so, And you're going, do you know what revenue is? <laughs> but it's also such a, it's such a, a, a personal thing, and we right. all live our lives very different, and we all have our different reasons for having our day jobs and for doing businesses that it's, right. uh, you know... Uh, we just have to support them. <laughs> sure. And what's your barometer of when they come to you and they say, I'm ready to quit my day job, and you and what's your barometer of saying, yeah, you're not quite ready yet? You know, it. a lot of it comes down to um, if, if in order for them to continue sustaining themselves and to earn money and to be able to pay their rent or their mortgage and feed their family, if they're saying, well, all I need is this one miracle or these two oh, miracles, all is, I need yeah. is this one thing to come together, that's where it's like, okay, well, let's work on that a little bit more. Right. Um, everybody has their different kind of dollar amounts or maybe it's a number of days or weeks. You, mm -hmm. you look at the runway you have. And your rev runway is how much revenue you have in the bank. Yeah, so the, the runway is uh, how many months or years or whatever it is with what I have in the bank and what I'm making right now, how long can I go before I need to take off? Right. Right. Before I hit the end of that runway and crash. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. The, the runway is a very critical part of that, um, you know, decision-making process. Hopefully you, in a perfect world, you've taken off and now you can drop the day job and, right. you're, and you're already on that upward trajectory. Um, but in a few situations, you, you know, it, you have to you have to understand what that you know where you are in that process. If you're just start if you're still taxiing, right? Sure. If you're still taxiing and and you, you don't really understand your runway and you right. don't know how long it's, what it's going to take to actually take off, then maybe maybe let's put a little more work into it. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? So when I'm when I'm coming into work in the morning and what just gets me excited about getting going is. It doesn't happen every day. Mm -hmm. Some some weeks it does happen every day. But when I get to 
be a part of a conversation that happens here. And we use the word serendipity a lot. Mm -hmm. Word serendipity is something that you can't manufacture. You can't make it happen. You can't force this to happen. It happens on its own. Right. But somebody has maybe a problem. Maybe it's a business owner trying to figure out their marketing issue, or maybe it's a remote worker trying to figure out how to deal with some sort of technology thing. And maybe I have a solution, but before I get to it, somebody else pipes up and somebody else helps them answer that question. And mm -hmm. you start to create this environment where things happen. People are helping each other. People are partnering up on projects that never would have happened if we hadn't created this space for them to uh, come in and be together mm -hmm. and, and share this space together. What's really great is sometimes I'll be, I'll be sitting there at my desk. I'll be on a call. You know, I'm, I'm you know, working with other people around the country and uh, somebody comes in or somebody has a question and I can see out of the corner of my eye that my community is taking care of it and they're helping that person and they're lifting them up and they're you know inviting them out to lunch and and, create, and and continuing to build this community and those moments are are special i i just i can't get enough of them and, and the people that are on the call that are watching me on the video call are trying to figure out why i all of a sudden have the biggest grin on my face right I can't get enough of those moments those are so much fun justin this has been a pleasure thank you for joining us here on small business celebration Thank you for having me. This has been great. And if visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, you can uh, find Kernville Cowork at kernvillecowork.com. Okay. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Any of your viewers, feel free to mention that you saw me on the Small Business uh, Podcast, and uh, I'll be glad to connect with you there. You can email me, justin, at kernvillecowork.com, or stop on by. Come check out what we've got going on here. And what's the address? The address is 11113, right. that's four ones, four ones. Uh, Kernville Road. Or easier, just go into Kernville, and we're right there on the outside of the corner. Huge sign, you can't miss it. Uh, if, you, if you're going over the river, you've gone just barely too far. <laughs> there you go. And once again, thank you so much for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. This has been fun. Absolutely, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And I'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarou Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? When I got done recording this episode, I made a couple phone calls to a couple visioneers before I hit the road, and both of them exclaimed the same thing. You're in Kernville? It's like I was on some kind of foreign planet or something. But I've lived in Bakersfield long enough to understand what they were really saying. What they were saying is, I can't believe you made that drive. You see, Kernville is a wonderful place to go visit because you've got the majestic Kern River and all the all the white water rafting that you've got. Lake Isabella is big and huge and boating and fishing and there are hundreds of thousands of miles of hiking trails 
all over the Eastern Sierra. And the hospitality of the Kernvillians is absolutely wonderful. But the intrepidation most people have is this 10 to 15 mile segment of road. If you've never taken it before, it can be rather, or at least appear, rather daunting. Because what you have is the seemingly cl long cliff that comes straight down. Caltrans has cut out this two-lane narrow road, and then it's another sheer cliff on the other side, straight into the raging Kern River. It's like there's no place for you to go if you need to escape this, and nothing but death around you. To make matters worse, at the entrance of the canyon, there's these signs that say 160-something people have died since 1960-something or other. So when you're getting into the section of road, it can be terrifying. But when you get through that 10 to 15 miles, it opens up to a four-lane highway. And it's absolutely stunningly beautiful and gorgeous. And after you've had your fun up in Lake Isabella and Kernville, and you come back to Bakersfield, you still have to go through that 10 to 15 miles of death when you come back. Sounds kind of familiar, right? When you're going through business and you're going through life, you think about all the great things that you want to have, all the fishing and all the hiking and all the great hospitality. But what we forget is that we have to go through that 10 miles of road. It means we have to slow down. It means we have to take each curve one, at a time. You can't drive like a maniac. You have to be patient. You have to take these curves one at a time and take them as they are. Because after all, to get through those curves, that 10 to 15 miles, that's how you get to the beauty of Kernville. And that's also how you get home. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Justin Powers, the founder and owner of Kernville Cowork, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business, and we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.